Welcome to the Community Group Leadership Podcast, where we help community group leaders become better together. I'm Tyler Cherneski, and today we have a special guest on the podcast. This guy used to be a co-host of the show, as we won't make it awkward now that he's returning, but would you join me in welcoming Reed Kappel? Reed, mm, mm. so good to have you back. It is so good to have you You look back. <laughs> even younger, even wiser. Oh, I don't know what they've been doing oh, out in Olathe, it. but it is working. The, mi- the it- microphone removes 10 years, I think. Um. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Well, I've said before, my morning prayer every day is Jesus forever 21, mm, and so mm. far I feel like he's answered that prayer. Um, So from two, yeah, just really, really good to have you. Absolutely love you. But the real reason you're here is not just for me to profess how much I love you. Mm -hmm. um, It's no less than that. That's certainly true. But it is because Reed has been the primary architect of our upcoming sermon series. I mean, as we've grown so accustomed to doing on this podcast, we're going to get a behind the scenes look at the next sermon series that is coming up so that you can be ready group leaders uh, to lead in groups that engage this series well. And so Reed's going to be giving us a backstage look at this series that's rooted in the book of Genesis. Yeah. Uh, so Reed, can you tell us a little bit about this next sermon series? Yeah. So the series is entitled Genesis in the Beginning. It's kind of the tagline, just pulling straight from scripture. And we're actually going to be breaking up the book of Genesis into kind of three installments. And so I'm the architect for the first installment, which is chapters one through 12-ish. And so, and really what we want to do is kind of look back and, and kind of ask the questions of that every person has to ask, whether you're a Christian or not, wherever you are on the religious spectrum, everyone has to answer the question of origins of just where did we come from? Why are we here? Where is everything going? And and even if you don't thoughtfully engage um, the scriptures or believe them to be the inherent word of God, um, you have to do something with the book of Genesis. Uh, like it is, it has too much of a cultural impact um, on our world and in human society to just disregard it as antiquated, irrelevant literature. It, it is vastly important. And so, so what we want to do is look back at the origins of humanity, of, of creation itself, and look at how God has set up the world, because so much of, of the problems that we see in our world stem from the fact that we we don't get the, the beginning part of our story right. And so that's why we want to spend some time walking back through Genesis, looking at this ancient book that still has wisdom for our, our contemporary world today. So that's kind of the general overview of what we're doing in Genesis. I really can't wait for it, because when I was in seminary, one of the best classes I had was a Hebrew, you know, so we're trans- Translating from Hebrew into English, Hebrew exegesis class that used Genesis as our practice text. So we yeah. started Genesis 1-1, went straight through. And just as you're saying, all the foundational things, I mean, it was mind-blowing to walk through it in Hebrew at such a slow, measured pace, verse by verse. Yeah, yeah. And so to be able to take our church on a similar journey, you know, preaching, I guess, from an English Bible, but still similar journey through these foundational texts, uh, it's got me jazzed. But what excites you most about this series? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it is it is a, a joy to kind of get back into a book, walking through it expositionally. I think that's kind of our bread and butter as a church. Uh, but one of the things I said, like the opening book of the Bible, um, the book of Genesis, and particularly the first three pages of the Bible, um, we have to get right. Because if, if we get those wrong, we we come to wildly false and at best or wildly dangerous conclusions about who we are as humans, what life is about, how we understand work and relationships, uh, the existence of evil. And so these are important chapters to go back to, not because it's just a walk down memory lane and it's fun to kind of explore this old book of the Bible, but it still has a deep and profound impact on our world. Uh, And particularly, I think the thing I'm most excited about, maybe not most excited about, this sounds kind of strange, is to unpack the understanding of evil 
which yeah. that's that's very problematic for both Christians and non-Christians. Um, but we so often kind of look at the the narrative of the Garden of Eden, the snake, the fruit of the the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, and just say that's so ridiculous. It's fairy tales. But really what it speaks to is it gives a robust diagnosis of the human condition of why are we not the way we're supposed to be. We all recognize that. And it fundamentally gets back to the point that we chose to say we will determine what is right and what is good for us. We have, we have fired God from that job and said, we will take it from here. And, and an author who's been really helpful for me that I'd highly recommend for those who are kind of thoughtful and want to engage Genesis, uh, John Salehammer, his book, Genesis Unbound, talks about this very concept. He says, um, he says, to enjoy the good, mankind must trust God and obey him. If mankind disobeys, he will have to decide for himself what is good and what is not good. While to modern man such a prospect may seem desirable, to the author of Genesis, it is the worst fate imaginable. Wow. Only God can know what is truly good. And, and again, we can write off Genesis as this old antiquated book, but it still speaks profoundly to our contemporary world. And that's what I'm, one of the things I'm really excited about exploring in this book. Yeah, gosh. And you said that was Genesis? Genesis Unbound, Unbound by John Salehammer. Phenomenal book. Beautiful cover. Even if you just buy it for the cover, it's lovely. You can hang it, hang it on your wall. It's oh, delicious to look at. I buy most books because of their cover. <laughs> <laughs> Shamelessly. Uh, well, so during this next session, like you mentioned, we'll be walking through a conversation starters. So group leaders will be back in conversation mm-hmm. starters rooted in the text. And you said we'll be in this first part of our Genesis series, so chapters 1 through 12. Uh, what themes would you hope leaders notice in these texts as they're preparing to lead their groups in conversation? Yeah, I think one, I mean, there is the theology proper, just the knowledge of God himself. Uh, the book starts with God. Um, but also there is this this exploring the wonder and beauty of God through his creation, that one of the ways in which we know God and delight in him and worship him is through what he has made. Paul talks about that in Romans 1, but Genesis 1 is a display of that. So that would be one thing, just, just being enamored with the beauty and wonder of God through creation. Secondly, I think the theme of just what does it mean to be human? And so mm-hmm. wh- whether you have a religious conviction or not, we all need to answer that question as well. What what does it mean to be human? And, and how do we live into that potential? And if we don't have a goal or telos or an understanding of our origins, we're going to be very confused about that. Um, I also think, as I mentioned, kind of this theme of of why the world isn't the way it's supposed to be. Again, regardless of your religious convictions or background, all of us have to wrestle with that question. And so we, I, I think this book can really engender some helpful dialogue, not just among Christians, but may give some of our faithful followers of Jesus categories to engage in conversation with, with their friends or coworkers or classmates who don't believe in the scriptures. And mm. so, so those are th- some things I'm really excited about. Also just a, an understanding of how these opening chapters speak to very relevant issues today, like our work, yeah. rest, creativity, culture, art, uh, the way we think about relationships, sexuality, gender, justice. I mean, the list goes on. And yeah. so again, we may write off this book as irrelevant, but it actually is so far from that. And so I'm really looking for, those are some themes I would point to and look forward to unpacking. I love that as well. And I honestly, you keep mentioning it, not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. So that's another book by this guy, Cornelius Planning. Have you read yeah. that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. One I, of my favorites, Reed. I just, just love thinking. his name. I buy books just by the author's name, Cornelius Plantiga. He like that guy is 
born to be a theologian Don't or philosopher. Think so I know. <laughs> I also imagine him with a pipe, but that's for another podcast. Uh, but thinking through, um, again, getting a real practical for our group leaders, uh, any practical ideas, tips that you think could lead to really exigent or excellent conversations in Genesis? Yeah, I think one in particular, th- there's two dangers, I-, I think, on extreme sides of approaching Genesis. One is the extreme of saying Genesis is, is purely mythological and that's it. Um, and that's typically from the more skeptical viewpoint. The other extreme is is to look at Genesis almost entirely biological, uh, which, yes, there are aspects of how we understand uh, the cosmos and the universe through that, but Genesis was not created, was not told um, as mythology, and it was not told to be biology. Um, and so another author I'd mention is John Walton. In his book, uh, The Lost World of Genesis 1, he talks about the dangers of what he refers to as cultural imperialism. Mm. So as we engage the opening chapters of Genesis in particular, I would encourage us to not read our modern worldviews back into uh, an ancient Hebrew worldview. Um, And so one thing he says I think is really helpful. He says, as we begin our study in Genesis, we must be aware of the danger that lurks when we impose our own cultural ideas on the text without thinking. The Bible's message must not be subjected to cultural imperialism. Its message transcends the culture in which it originated, but the form in which the message was embedded was fully permeated by the ancient culture. That's fancy language just to say we can't expect Genesis to be read as as a modern-day textbook of science. That's not to say we should drive a wedge between Genesis and scientific discovery, but that we have to read it in its general, in in its original context and the worldview that it was written. So that would be one thing I would say. Um, I would also say, let Genesis challenge you and disrupt you. I think like every single word, especially in chapter one, like there's so much implausibility, like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like that, that makes so many people uncomfortable, but let it challenge you dialogue with the book of Genesis. And so if you have doubts, bring your doubts to your community group. Come if you on. have questions and objections, bring those. Admit your ignorance as well. I don't know enough about this. And so wrestle with this book, interact with it as if it's living because it is. So those would be some things I would say, be amazed by the beauty and wonder of God. Uh, as I said, engage in dialogue around touchy subjects like, uh, but, but do so with grace, do so with humility, because there's going to be some very polarizing subjects uh, that we're going to talk about. So do so with humility, patience, and grace. Uh, with those that you are in community with. Those would be a few things I'd point to. I think that's so good because you're right with all the topics that Genesis holds and all the conversations that it could start. Instead of seeing this potentially as a leader, I can imagine feeling, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed because I don't know where some of these conversations might go in my group. I love you reframing it as an opportunity and saying, if there ever were a series where someone could raise an honest doubt or bring a real question, or we could have a good open conversation about foundational truths, this feels like it's it. Yeah, And we can just embrace it as the opportunity. Sure, grace-filled, it's okay to admit when an answer is too big, reach out to a pastor, ask for help, but all these things, like let groups being a safe setting for that kind of honest question, um, it does feel like an opportunity. Yeah, I I think so. I I think far worse than maybe tension and debate in a community group would be someone's questions and doubts that feel like they have to be 
under lock and key and never brought up. And I think that's a tragedy. And so we need to be able to share these questions, doubts, and objections with grace, with humility, and with patience and listen to one another really well because we don't know all the truth and there's a lot to benefit from each other uh, from our various perspectives. So it'll be touchy subjects for sure, but I, I think it will be really helpful and transformative and edifying to our community groups. Well, it's got me excited for my own group, just knowing it's starting here in a little bit. And so uh, friends that are listening, community group leaders, we hope this backstage look has given you um, some, some categories, some paradigms, some ideas when it comes to thinking through how you'll lead your group well in this discussion um, of Genesis. As always, our goal is to equip you and help to do that the best we can. And so thank you, Reed, uh, for bringing so many good ideas to us today. And group leaders, we are with you and support you as a community groups team um, as we join together to do this great work of leading our church together through this foundational biblical text. So we look forward to chatting with you again next time.